please sit back, relax, and join the show. Make sure you do one important thing. Make sure you understand that they are working really hard to do what I do and to do what they love to do. Hey, you look great today. Glad you can make it. If you didn't know already, we're two peeps in a pod. We are a podcast full of free-flowing talks about friendship, life, and culture. We want to create a space where it's okay to disagree and be honest about your opinions. Welcome back to Two Peeps in a Pod. I'm Heather, artist, musician, and Jesus Malverde worshiper. And hello, I'm Lindell, comedian and dad, who just got back from lunch with friends, and it's so nice to be able to say that. Actually, it was dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Mother, and I'm the producer here at Two Peeps in a Pod. Um... I think this week I am just enjoying being me and getting over having a flood. So I've had two fires and a flood. All right. So very biblical. Uh, it is, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like a chapter from Genesis, or maybe uh, <laughs> what's the end? The revolution? No, resolution. Revelation is maybe what's happening there. All right. So we all. Oh wait. Uh, episode thirty-three. All right. Yeah, come on, everyone clap. Yay. Yeah, clap, 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 clap. Well, Round okay, you're applause. telling everyone to clap, Lindell, but you're not clapping. That, that means you're cla- clapping. Well, well, you- there you go. There you go. All right, all right, we got it. All right, so we have a very important question, as always, every week. What is our topic? We are going to talk about fat phobia and diet culture. So this is something that I've wanted to talk about, but it's so personal to me and it's kind of difficult for me to discuss in some ways. So I was putting it off and waiting for the right moment when I felt like it was appropriate to get into and when I could handle it. (laughs) So I think today is the day and here we are. Yes. I mean, when you say that as a uh, black man who grew up black, uh, I don't know (laughs) what you mean by fat phobia. So here's the reason why. because I've always, I, I think I've known so many people who other people might call fat who would be like, oh no, I'm sexy as hell. Right. Like, so I, I, we don't subscribe to the Western views of beauty. So actually that's really interesting because I read this study that said that young um, black girls uh, don't have as many body image issues as young white girls because in their families, they look to the men in their families to validate them. And they don't look to the traditional beauty ideals because they're, you know, white beauty ideals on TV or in media. So they don't look to those things to validate them and to feel beautiful. So that is, that is a really good um, point. Um, And and the other thing too, is we don't have a choice sometimes, right? Because we don't get the proper education on diet. We get access, access to worse, the worst food conditions possible. Um, if you think about the inner city, there's it's their food deserts a lot of times. So, you know, they don't have fresh vegetables. They don't get fresh fruits. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, like the idea of a mango was foreign to me until I was 17 years old. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes behind it. So that's why I've always been intrigued by this topic, because I think it might also be cultural in the sense that, you know, what we see in ourselves as far as Black people culturally was always about having to accept our conditions in order to move forward. And that included the diabetes and the gout. <laughs> like we had to take those along with it because yeah. we had choice. Um, but I, I like the idea too, because I want to hear your take on it because 
when we hear when I when you, when you said fat phobia, I want to know what that is like and what that means for you know. I think it's you know it's, it's something in our culture, and I would say it, it affects the whole world. But you know, it, it's really just a fear that people have of gaining weight, and also a lot of I things that are ascribed to fat people, like they're lazy, they're not as smart. Um, you know, it's it's an overall you know blanket that's kind of prescribed, and I would say that it affects it affects everybody, you know, and yeah, I think, yeah, I, think it, I think it does. No, no, no. So this is what I'm saying. You're saying, no, I'm making a face because you're saying it affects everybody, but I think it only affects the person that subscribes to that belief. We still, like, 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 let's, like, let's take Nutty Professor. We had a fat guy who had to accept who he was. And once he did, he understood that his weight didn't matter. He was still a super. Right. But you're in our culture, though, you're going to be treated a certain way based on your weight. You're going to be if you're if you're considered overweight, quote unquote, or fat, you are going to be told to lose weight or that you're not healthy. And something, you know, going back to, you know, maybe that person's not eating the right foods, but you can't tell someone's health based on their body size. You just can't. And really the things that lead to health aren't losing weight. The things that lead to health are healthy habits, like eating healthy foods and moving your body and doing things that are good for you. So I, I think mean, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And there's yeah. still, I just still see a lot of examples of self-righteousness when it comes down to body size and how people are treated and how people are judged based on their bodies. And I think I am just very passionate about getting away from judging people based on anything that's an out, outside indicator. And I think there's still a lot of examples in our society of, again, yeah, people being thinking that they can look down on someone or judge somebody based on how they look. And that's a huge part of it. Okay, so I hear what you're saying, and I and I understand that piece, along with the idea that, again, in my culture, Black people, we don't do that. That's part of something else. I mean, at the same I time, mean, though, I'm just saying, I like, dated... the, the body types that we magnify, people are getting right. butt injections to get to yeah. that body type. Like, no, I'm, that's I'm just true. being honest with you. Well, I'm that's, like, that's more like fetishizing, but it's still, you're still supposed no. to have a small waist with that body. And I'm going to say no, something no, else. No, no, Based no, on my personal no. experience, no. I almost, the person I almost married was a mm -hmm. black man. He saw pictures of oh, me. We're not a at a, no, I, but okay. still, he's, and, you know, he was talking about how black culture, like, you know, we appreciate bigger women, but yeah. he saw pictures of me at a, a higher weight and said that he wouldn't have dated me if I was at that weight. So but you can't, so. No, no, I'm not speaking for him. What right, I'm but is that 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 mindset when you're talking about when we put people in a box? I'm saying we got to be really careful thinking that all, all people do that. That may be the public persona that's being, you know, being promoted to everyone. But I'm saying that I don't think because I don't see it like that. Like I have people in my family that are quote unquote considered overweight, but are sexy as hell to them and to the people that they date, and they don't subscribe to any of those beliefs. So I'm saying. Part of it has to be that separation. I understand that there's a segment of people who just don't buy into that bullshit because it is bullshit. Like there's people that like, say, for instance, somebody when I was really skinny and somebody was like, um, oh, you need to eat. Well, if I like my body type the way it is, whether it's fat or skinny, it doesn't matter. What and that's about And that's the thing. That's body shaming, too, to say, yeah, oh, you're too yeah. thin. Like, again, I, you know, it's just going back to we really need to get away from looking at someone's body and thinking it's OK to comment about it. You know, and Agreed. thinking that it's okay no, to I, tell people how to do certain things. I agree. I just also want to make sure, from my point of view, is like, don't buy into what people are promoting to you. It's all about acceptance for me. 
So like for a long time, like uh, I remember I have this Auntie Johnny Mae, she's passed. And Auntie Johnny Mae was big. She was a big woman. But she had more boyfriends than any guy I have ever known in my life. Like she, she, but she was confident in who she was. And so for me growing up, I've, I've had so many examples of that. So that's why when they say, oh, this person's out of weight, overweight, they're not going to be attractive to people. No, that's bullshit. I've seen, I've seen big women roll up to me and just be like, yo, it's happening tonight. And I'm like, no, it's not like, I'm not into that, but they don't care. That's what they want and what they see and what they think because they have that love of self. Too often, our love of self is coming from the wrong, the wrong point of view because it's what we've seen and what we've been shown. And I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't believe for me and the people that I've known that fat phobia was a thing. If we wanted to work on our bodies, we did. If we didn't, we didn't. And we just went about our business believing we were the best that we could be. Right. But you're talking on a very personal level about your family because yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm, which I agree. And I, and I think there are a lot of people who do a lot of work like myself to not buy into that and to recognize that, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, you know, capitalism is feeding into me, you know, it's commercialism Mm -hmm. to try to get me to buy into, you know, diets and looking a certain way. And, you know, it's, but it's a bigger issue where, people are trying to have certain body types and fit into that mold. And then it leads to self-esteem issues. Like actually in, in Norway, I just read this today, Norway passed a law where people who modify their pictures on Instagram have to be clear about what they modified because they're having such an issue with people wanting to look a certain way and not being able to, and then having self-esteem issues. You know, and that's, it's, but that's, I, again, that's a problem. I'm not disagreeing with you. All I'm saying is we can talk about this in the light, whereas what what are we pulling out of this conversation? Is fat phobia a thing where you're saying like it's something that we all are struggling with? Or are you saying it's something that we all need to ignore? I think it's a form of discrimination that's still acceptable. Like it's still the ultimate insult to say someone's fat. Like like on the Sopranos, I remember, you know, Tony Soprano's like giving mouth to this nurse and then she's like, well, you need to lose some weight. And it was like the ultimate insult, like, oh, you know, like she really shut him down. And, you know, it's still like that. It's, you know, it's still, it's still an insult. And it's, you know, I think there's been a lot of progress with body positivity and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, and there's still a lot of talk about, you know, getting into the diet culture piece. There's still a lot of like, this food's good, this food's bad, you know, and I can only eat what I want on this day and then I'm going to restrict myself. And there's a lot of disordered eating that's just accepted in our culture. Or, you know, if I'm talking to a bunch of women, they're like, oh, I'm not going to eat that candy because it's going to make me gain weight. And they think that I'm just in that camp with them. You know, they think that I'm the same way where I'm like trying to like, you know, everyone's trying to lose that last like 10 pounds, you know, and it's, it's so pervasive and insidious and just my, my day-to-day life, I just see it all of the time. And, you know, maybe I notice it too. And you know, it's, it also goes back to my own personal experiences, um, where I wasn't, I was never thin. So, you know, I would have different experiences where I was Mm -hmm. treated a different way by people. And, you know, I, I had like my parents even saying like, Oh, don't eat that, you know, or, you know, you need to lose weight or you're overweight and all those things, you know, especially for women, it's all about our appearance and our bodies. And we, we kind of see ourselves as objects outside of our own, you know, minds and souls and spirits. So 
when our bodies are constantly on display and constantly trying to be made smaller, it's, it directly affects our self-esteem and our ability to make choices in the world and to be powerful in the world. So, yeah. And I, so here's, here's what that made me think about. Like when I looked at the, when I was growing up, probably the sex symbol in the eighties that everybody gravitated to in the black community was, um, man, I can't remember her last name, but it was like Jackie. She was on two, two, seven, Jackie Harris, Jackie Henry, but she was thick. Like she was a thick woman by today's beauty standards. She would probably be deemed overweight. Like we just had too many examples of that where, and she was the sex symbol. Like everybody. Right, went, like Marilyn Jackie, Monroe. They always talk about Marilyn Monroe. She right. But, but, 14. Right. So, so like I hear what you're saying, but it's like when they tried to promote that European body image to us, we rejected it. Um, and we still reject it. And it's funny to me because you look at the Kardashians and everyone's like, oh, why are they getting so thick? Like, because they're, they want, they're, they're trying to get the black, black body, trying to get black body yeah, types. They absolutely. all do. Like, yo, black women are magical. I'll say that because that's what this is all about. Black women are magical. Yeah. And they're thick. They don't have to have thin waists. They can have bellies. They can have big boobs. They can be, they, a black woman can be overweight and roll up on you like it's your, you're missing something. You know, and I, I can I make no apologies about it. I, yeah. I wish I got to remember this lady's name, Jackie Henry. Oh gosh, whatever. I'll remember later. It'll but, come to you. That's my, I think what I'm trying to share is, is like, we didn't buy into it culturally. Me, anybody, I was born in 1973. So we didn't buy into it. Ebony Jet Magazine, the centerfold, it was like 36, 28, 36. Like, you know, a 36, 30, 34. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like 22, 12, and 18, whatever it's supposed to be now. Because, like, these women are waifs. They're super skinny. Um, and none of the clothes that they wear, any self-respecting human being would be able to fit into. So that's the part where I'm just kind of nudging a little bit to say, I think it, if it's promoted to you, like, if you believe, like, your body needs to look like Cinderella, then, yeah, you might get in trouble. But I know for us, the movie and the TV shows we gravitated to, like Aunt Viv on The Fresh Prince, these all all these women look like our mothers, look like the women that we um, we had in our lives. So I think it hits a little bit different, at least for me as a black man, it hits mm -hmm. a little bit different. And so that's what I'm saying. I think some of this conversation is great because it's part of the commercialism of America, which you're right, the capitalism, how they promote us to eat the worst things, like the worst foods are the cheapest and the best foods are the most expensive. Why? That makes no sense because they want us to be overweight. They want us to have these health issues, a certain segment of the population, I should say. So that's why I'm pushing back on it a little bit. Not, not on the topic itself, but on the framework of how it might be culturally impacted. Because for us, it was it is a little bit different because we had no choice. So a lot of our women suffered from the food options that we had, we could not chase down those bodies. And so what we did yeah. was we accepted it and we were like, you know what, we're just going to move forward the best we can. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before also, but the reason, you know, white women started becoming thin was because slaves were being raped so much by their masters that their, the, you know, women on the slave blocks were getting lighter skinned. So white women had to get thinner so they wouldn't be confused with the slaves. So this goes back really, really deep into our like it's a really deep sickness but it's really it is it is good to point out though that some cultures yeah they value different body types and 
they're not bought into it. And you know, it's funny. I keep, my grandma was like a real, she was like a, you know, bigger woman and she was so beautiful and, mm-hmm. you know, men would always be looking at her and she would wear like super tight clothes, yeah. like belt it, you know, and, you know, and my grandfather was just in love with her and he would always tell her like you know you know bigger women can look beautiful just you know you just buy whatever clothes you want and and for some reason that didn't pass along to my mom I love you mom but did not pass (laughs) along to her at all like she always thought my grandma looked terrible and like couldn't believe that she would wear tight clothes and you know and she had just this incredible confidence in herself and you know so it's kind of interesting to think about how it's also, you know, maybe how like, me, you know, media and like the pervasiveness of like social media and people having mm-hmm. pretend lives on Instagram and things like that has also contributed to, you know, more ideals and, and beauty ideals that are, you know, going to th- towards thinness. Right. Right. Cause I think ultimately when it comes back down to it, it, it turns into a situation where um, it's all about what we accept if we accept what they tell us or if we accept what we feel about ourselves. One of those two things have to be true. And when we talk about weight, you know, my quest to gain weight, you know, it was a struggle, but I had to figure out, I didn't gain the weight until I accepted who I was as a person. And then I eventually put on the weight because I had all these other things that was holding me back. And I think it could work in the reverse too. But I have too many examples of people who, once they embraced who they were, you couldn't tell them any different. And so- we got to be careful. You're right. Like with Instagram, we got to be careful with how they tell us, you know, this is a problem. Yeah. It's a problem if we subscribe to that logic. Exactly. And, and a lot of times subscribing to the logic is the problem because if you didn't subscribe to it, if you weren't trying to chase something down, you will probably get to the weight that was best for your body based upon what you're eating. Exactly. That's really you what just, it should be. Yeah. And if you just eat intuitively, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, eat what you want to, and you'll be, yeah, you'll be exactly the way you need to be. And like, pay attention to how you feel after you eat something rather than, oh, this is a bad food, you know? And it's, and you know, eating is pleasure and it should be pleasurable and it shouldn't always feel like you have to restrict or get into disordered habits just to, you know, be a certain way. So yeah, I'm glad we talked about this because I, you know, I think there's probably someone listening that's struggling with this right now. And it, it does take a lot of work to undo that brainwashing if you're not lucky enough to be raised in a culture where all different body types are valued or even, you know, larger body types are valued. So I think it's a really important thing to bring to the forefront. Final thoughts. everybody it's mother and we're back for our final thoughts um so my very first question is not really related to what we discussed but i felt like it's important to discuss it it's like kind of like a subcategory um i want to know what your favorite foods are and everyone loves to say oh my favorite food is is that the healthy version or is that the what no i don't give a rat's ass i want to know what your favorite food is and why you ate it in the first place. Like what's that story behind it? Um, favorite food. Um, man, it would probably just be like Italian because that's easy peasy, I think. And I think because we could eat it in large, it may, it was easy to make, it was inexpensive 
and you can have large portions so you had leftovers. So I know growing up spaghetti, lasagna, that was all part of it. Because again, I grew up poor. Like, so if we had lasagna, that was like a $60 meal. So that was like, yo, we hardly ever got that. Like, and so spaghetti was a cheaper meal, but again, you can eat off of that for several days. So um, I would have to say my favorite food would be mostly Italian. That kind of has stuck with me over the years as like, as I've gotten older. Um, Cause, and it's also delicious, but I like to add though, the older I've gotten, the more I've gotten into like real Italian food, as opposed to just here, look guys, I know the 4th of July is coming up, but let's keep it real. Most of this shit that they say is from these other places don't taste nothing like the food over there. Pizza isn't fucking real. <laughs> I'll end it with that. Heather? Yeah, you know, I'm a big, bread and cheese, I think that's kind of what you were saying too. But I, you know, bread and cheese, I could, yeah. I could live off of like all different kinds of cheeses and all different kinds of bread and, you know, bagels and cream cheese. Freaking amazing um been eating that a lot lately uh gosh i always have to have my lime water too you know that's <laughs> i have to have it every day gotta have my limes uh yeah i'm not really sure what got me into eating those foods in the first place but i know that like cheese has something in it that makes your brain feel calm and you know bread has sugar in it which we need also for our brains <laughs> so I like brain food oh and dark chocolate Oh, dark chocolate. Okay. So mother's second question is a little more serious. So um, have you, either of you ever had um, an eating disorder or known someone close to you that maybe has one? And what happened? You don't have to share names, just kind of like explain like how you discovered it or what your experience was with it. Because a lot of times if you're not like understanding that this is happening to you, you may be missing the signs. I know so many people who have yeah. had struggle with anorexia, bulimia, men and women. Mm. And, you know, and I think, I think a lot of diets are just disordered eating really. I, I do. And I think if, if your brain is being taken up 80% of the time thinking about what you're going to eat in your next meal and how many calories you're consuming, there's something wrong. You have an eating disorder at that point to me. And I would, I think, you know, a lot of people would say that I'm crazy and that I'm wrong, but I just, the amount of energy and effort that goes into constricting what you're eating and, and that control. And I know so many women who have said that restricting what they ate was the only way to have control in their lives. And I would say probably for the men who had um, problems with it, that they would probably say the same thing. Controlling your body makes you feel like you have control over other things in your world. So, you know, luckily everyone's gotten in treatment or, you know, they've gotten better, but I've, you know, I, it's just, it's endless how many people I've known with some type of issue or who have felt like they're not good enough because of the way they look. And or had parents who judged what they ate or told them not to eat something or, you know, told them that their bodies weren't okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't. I've I've known several people who have had uh, eating disorders, and and 
I think that when you ask the question, the thing that stuck stuck out the most is it's it's tough to figure out who to talk to and how to bring it up because a lot of times these are very personal battles that you you know yeah there's a lot of ways to identify the signs, um, but you know people are moving so quickly sometimes you don't have time to see them, um, but these these are personal battles and demons that people have to deal with, and I'm hopeful that um, through just I don't know you know, just the experiences that we have as human beings that they can find themselves to a place of acceptance and getting the help that they would need if they, if they, if they want to, because again, you have to hit a bottom. If any of this stuff, I don't care what type of information you get, you can tell somebody this is killing you, whatever it, they have to make the choice. And I hate to say it like that, but that is the reality. At least I found in my battles with um, um, alcoholism and, and whatever other vices that I have, that I have yet to reveal on this podcast. Uh, I don't have any, really bad ones feel them now yeah no but i mean but no but that's it you have to hit a bottom um even if you're telling people and you know about it they tell you um it is an individual battle and it's an individual decision that needs to be made and i don't know how people navigate it but one that is really big though is the one that doesn't get treated though is the people that binge eat like that's a big one like that people just think is ah that's cool that's normal no like i binge consume root beer in a way that is completely unhealthy. It's self-punishment. Like it, is, it is, it is, that's all it is. I'm killing myself. Me, Lindell is an alcoholic. I talked about this before on the pod. I'll buy two packs of root beer and they'll be gone in three days. Two 12 packs. That's not right. You can't do that. You can't substitute calories and make it root beer as opposed to a meal. And I would do that. And and I know it's not healthy. So now, you know, I drink a lot of water, thanks to my friends, uh, Dwayne and Pinky and Charlotte. But uh, that's one of the battles that I have to fight. You know, as an alcoholic, I'll, I'll substitute a meal for a liquid soda. Uh, I don't do it, I haven't done it lately, but during the early parts of the pandemic, oh, that's how I was coping. Oh man, I was, if it was three for 12, shit, I was buying six. So, you know, we all struggle with things um, we all have our demons and, um, you know, hopefully in the future we can all, you know, find our ways to better places. Thank you for listening. To help us grow the pod, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you can't get enough of us, email us at twopeepspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at twopeepsinapod. And this is Mother inviting everyone to share our podcast with your family, your neighbors, and your cat, whose best friend is a dog next door. We love you so much. See you next week. Word. Hosts, Heather and Lindell. Graphics by Susan Holton. Music by Heather E.G. Voiceover by two peeps editing by mother produced by downtown media works llc